0: We are the Satellite Sisters. I am Liz Dolan. I'm in a very smoky Santa Monica, California this morning. More on that later. I am joined by my sister Julie in Dallas, Texas. How's everything down there,
1: Jewel? Well, it's good here, but I am worried about all of our California Satellite Sisters, because at least on the news, it looks like a terrible fire, Liz. It is terrible.
2: Liam, do you have smoke in Pasadena yet? You know, we don't. I, I think the mountains are protecting us and the wind, so nothing yet. But yeah, thinking of all the Satellite Sisters in Ventura, in Ojai, and in Santa Paula, you know, our show was on the radio there for a long time, so we have a cluster of Satellite Sisters there, and they're checking in on the Facebook group page, telling us they have been evacuated, Liz.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw that Anna was evacuated at 10 o'clock last night, and I'm sure that's true of others too. Anyway, we have a full show. Details on that later. First, I just want to remind people our Satellite Sister shop is up and going. We added an adorable item this week, if I must say so myself. The new, <laughs>
1: the new. Call Your Satellite Sister a Pillow. Did you, sister, see that? It's Pretty adorable. Mm-hmm. And as I put on her Facebook group, Edna Dolan loved throw pillows. Didn't she, Liz? I mean, yes. she did. <laughs> she had a lot of them. And now you can have one, too, that says Don't Forget to Call Your Satellite Sister. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so go check that
0: out. Uh, you can find a link to our shop. On our uh, website, if you just go to Satellitesisters.com, on the upper right hand, you'll see where it says shop. Or if you're on our Facebook page, not the group, the page, you can see where uh, there's a button that says shop now. So uh, so that's cool. And we're kind of having a, a an event this weekend, sort of, kind of. We have a, a screening of the movie Bombshell, which is a documentary about, um, oh God, what's her name? Hedy Lamar Hedy Lamar H- Documentary about H- Hedy Lamar. It's the smoke, Liz. It's getting to you, okay? I can tell. Our longtime satellite sister, Catherine Drew, is a producer of that movie. It's playing here at the New Art in West L.A. So we're just going to meet for the three... 3 p.m. show, and all the details are at the Satellite Sisters page under events. So if you want to just buy a movie ticket, come watch the movie with us, then walk down the block. We're going to hang out at plan check and just say hi to each other. That's what's going on this Sunday, December 10th.
2: All right, Liz, today on the show, we have a lot of entertainment recommendations and things we're looking forward to, so you're going to want to stay tuned. Julie, of course, the Royal Report, it's fired up full-time now. I mean, you must have Google Alerts for everything on your phone. Uh,
1: it's very busy over here, you know, uh, yes, because we are getting married. America has a big wedding uh, in the spring.
2: <laughs> All right. You also have an international news roundup, so that that should be lighthearted. Well,
1: I as I, as I told you when we were in the pre-production meeting, you know, it's a tough, uh, international news roundup, but it ends with a story about a rainbow. So I, <laughs> I want to leave everyone on a high Thank note. God. Yeah. Thank God.
0: Thank God. So-
1: all right. I feel like we have to talk
2: about that uterus transplant that was announced yesterday. I, I
1: mean, I-, I couldn't read about that. That's here in Texas. Yeah. The I- uterus t- <laughs> transplant was done in Texas. Lynn.
2: You couldn't read uh-huh. about it. Why not? No,
1: would not. I know.
2: All right. Well, it's just <laughs> buckle up then. Cause I'm going to tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we have a very exciting announcement for those of you who who have been pining for our Satellite Sisters Radio Book Club. Oh, we we are bringing it back, and we're going to announce the first two books of 2018. We're dropping the word radio. Do we have a new name, Liz? Did we settle on Satellite, no, Satellite no, Sisters we're Book we're Club? we're just
0: calling it Satellite Sisters Book Club. But if you would like to suggest snappier names feel free. That's what a Facebook group is for. Like, is there a better name than Satellite Sisters Book Club? But I got to say, the first two bookings we have for January and February are awesome. Yeah, These they're are fantastic.
2: Cool. Yeah, We are not kidding around. We're bringing it back with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> so, looking forward to that. Um, but first, okay, we didn't get a chance to talk about Matt Lauer leaving the Today show because I think he left Wednesday or something. We we had already right. t- taped last week's show. So, um, I didn't shed any tears. I've not been a big Matt Lauer fan. I stopped mm-hmm. watching the Today show the minute Katie Couric left. I'm a big Katie Couric fan, not a Matt Lauer fan. <laughs> but there was You're a,
0: actually a Matt Lauer hater, Liam. Moment, <laughs> go ahead and say it. I yeah, I don't like to
2: be a hater is a strong word but i just don't understand how he has any kind of career i i literally think he's not talented not interesting uh i think he's like the luckiest kid from long island ever i just i don't i don't i don't understand his appeal and i never have i don't think you should dress up like jennifer lopez and get to interview hillary clinton i don't think those two things should exist in the same interview same universe so
1: Anyway, okay. got I didn't some valid reasons there, Liam. Okay,
2: I didn't shed any tears. I wasn't all oh, shocked, you know. I don't know, and this is uh, so. Uh, but I was amused today when I saw this story break uh, that involved Matt Lauer and Dr. Laura Berman. Now, you know, Laura Berman, she is a sex expert, a sex therapist. She was on Satellite Sister several times. Right. We know her. Then she went to Oprah Radio. We love her. She's great. Right. So we she don't, was. We not
1: we, we didn't really talk much about sex when she came on the show but she, it was she's excellent she yeah really, it was she,
2: hugely she, embarrassing it's not a favorite yeah. topic of ours but this story i loved this morning because it just made me think like well, there's the difference between matt lauer and the satellite sisters because okay <laughs> because well, she's a regular on the today show apparently so yeah. she's sitting at one point she's sitting in the makeup room with matt lauer and she says to matt says to the makeup artist oh, could you excuse us a second And according to Dr. Laura Berman, Matt turns to her and says, you know, I'm having some issues with my wife. We need to spice it up in the bedroom. Can you recommend any sex toys? I am trying to think of a single incident where I would have turned to Dr. Laura Berman in the coffee room, in the break room at Satellite Sisters gone. Hey, Laura, would you mind bringing a huge bag of sex toys to work for me next week? I mean, that's... Which but she did. It, it
0: is her expertise, Leanne. I mean, if you're going to ask like, anyone, it might as well be Laura Berman. And I get I
1: it. it. It's, but it's also kind of cheesy because that is her expertise. That is her occupation. He should have booked an appointment with her, right? <laughs> he was well, just trying to get free stuff from her, well, wasn't
2: he? I, or it's just even creepier because I'm thinking, you know, Matt, that's what the internet is for. You know, I mean, <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I don't really, when you're the host of the Today Show, do you really, is that the kind of detail you want to confess to someone in the makeup room, unless it's weirdly appealing to you to confess yeah. that in the makeup room? Yeah. So Dr. Laura Berman, being an expert, she brings in a huge bag of sex toys for him, which he then right. proceeds to keep in his office. So, yes.
1: right. And right. like
2: everyone knew he had a bag of sex toys in his office, like Meredith
1: Vieira. Okay. And that, can we get to that point about yeah. everyone knowing? Yeah. Because the thing that, you know, I mean, on last Wednesday, you know, and I've seen the clip and I know you all, everybody has, you know, all the the hosts were, you know, shocked and appalled. It wasn't, you know, they didn't know where this was coming from. This was not the Matt Lauer that they know. You know, I was having a hard time believing that because they are supposed to be journalists. (laughs) That's
0: a good point, Joel. You know, they're supposed
1: to be, that is their business. Okay, I can understand in other fields, other work settings, you may be less observant about what your coworkers, your bosses are doing. Uh, I don't don't really think so, but I, I think in particular, if your occupation is that of journalism, it's hard to believe that, that those those people were shocked and appalled and had no idea that this was going on i you know I just uh, there there's a credibility problem for me with uh with that with that how that whole scene played out and the hugging and the tears and and all of that and oh he's our really good friend I mean they yeah. have been working side and and that's they're what they're they're supposed to be observant and curious and uh and they weren't yeah. Hmm. Well, they put on that that sort of one big happy family
0: show, like uh, in front of the cameras. And it's probably some of that behind the cameras, too. I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, if someone is slightly creepy, he clearly liked to talk about sex a lot. That was right. Or makes make jokes that had sexual content. You know, do you know when that goes over the line with other people like behind closed doors? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm with you with you, Julie. I feel like You know if a colleague of yours just likes to talk about sex too much, right? Right. It's sort of that. Um, One interesting detail that got my attention was the whole issue of the button on his desk. Uh, He had a button where he could sit at his desk and close and lock the door, and much was made about this in the media. Well, I would like to make a confession right here that I had that exact same button at my desk at Fox, uh, on the Fox lot here in Los Angeles when I worked there, I never used it for sexual purposes. I can't, I, <laughs> I did not. I do okay, not you understand. heard it
2: first here <laughs> at yeah. Sisters.
0: Yeah. I do not recall any time where I closed the door and then had sex on my desk. <laughs> um, that,
2: I mean, it's I, not funny because it must have been terrible for those not. young producers. But thank yeah, right. you, Liz, for clarifying that. No, yeah.
0: but, but, but I would also say that it's not that uncommon um, in hallways like that, we had it as a security measure. So in the event, I always assumed it was in the event of a shooter gaining access to the building. They wanted you to be able to lock yourself in your office. And I was, I was only three doors down from Rupert Murdoch at the time. So I think there was extra security on my hall. Um, because they just had fears that people might gain access to the building. And I'm sure the same is true at 30 Rock. There were probably a lot of executives at 30 Rock um, that had the ability to close and lock their doors. So that's not necessarily nefarious, but he obviously used it for really despicable purposes. Agree.
2: Yeah. And you know, one thing about the people knowing, I mean, it's true. What you see on TV is not real life. Although that NBC crew, they tended to go away for weeks uh, covering the Olympics together. So that's a different thing. But he also seemed to prey on younger women. You know, he probably was, you know, inappropriate with, you know, flirty with Savannah, inappropriate sex talk. But the the actual like, you know, you know, holding it over women's heads, that was with young producers. So that's despicable. And right. Those people get up at four in the morning. They may say three words to each other. Offset. We don't Mm -hmm. know. You know, Mm -hmm. they may say three words. I don't know. Sort of like us sometimes, you know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But, you know, I mean, they may have known, but they may not have had exact information. Right. Act that information. But but I just wasn't believing the oh, I am totally shocked. You know, this is not the this is not the person I know. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I didn't believe that.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you. Everyone knew he was a dog. It was just a question of how much of a dog. Right.
1: Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sorry that we didn't get our bag of sex toys from Dr. Laura Berman when she was here. (laughs)
0: But let's talk about uteruses anyway. Let's Let's
2: do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. Julie, I'm going to give you the details because I... I found this a a big deal, an amazing,
1: exciting deal. Yeah.
2: Amazing headline. And then when you read the details, you're like, wait, what? That's how it happens. So Baylor university medical center in Dallas announced yesterday that a mother gave birth to a healthy baby boy. It was the first woman in America who'd had a uterus transplant and gave birth. So the mother was born without a uterus. She received the transplant. Here's the key from a living donor last year at Baylor University Medical Center. And then she had a baby boy last month. So at the family's request, the name, hometown, and the date of birth are all being withheld to protect their privacy. But uh, this is a technique that they've been working on in Sweden, but it's the first time in the United States that that's been done. It's a new frontier. You know, it's, it's supposed to give hope to women like this woman who was born without a uterus. But I was really surprised that it was a living donor. Because yeah, I have, be I have to say, sisters, I love you guys, but I would not give up my uterus for you. <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, that's a
1: big ask, you know. Do we know any of the circumstances as to why the woman donated her uterus? No. Uh, was she so? Was she? Uh, it wasn't like she was having a hysterectomy and for uh, well, it, for her it, medical purposes or something. Or no, she we just don't. We don't know anything.
2: Gone? And presumably, okay. if you're having a hysterectomy, it would be a bum uterus, right? I mean, again, what I know know. about down there is pretty limited, you're right? (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to book Laura Berman, I think, on that. <laughs> if you're even
0: calling it the down there, Leanne, that's
2: I'm... I mean, that's why I found this amazing. I was literally up in the middle of the night thinking like, boy, people who donate their organs, you know, I'm an organ donor on my license. It's such a nice thing. And then I read the details today. I was like, wait a minute, that donor was alive? That's really something. And it's very, it's, it's a very risky surgery for both because yeah. it goes beyond a normal hysterectomy when you are donating it. They have to collect all kinds of extra tissues and stuff like that. And oh. then the woman who receives it. Now, it's not... I don't think this is the medical term, but it's not hooked up to... <laughs> it's not going to be the, the medical term? Not hooked
0: up, is that what you said? It's not hooked up
2: to a lot of stuff. Like, they have to go on infertility treatments to have the ovaries start generating eggs. But she yeah. was able, with fertility... To ovulate and to menstruate, and then they do IVF, and then she carried the baby. Normally, they don't go to term. There have been a bunch of babies born in Sweden like this, but they go to 32, 36 weeks. Then she gave birth. Okay, and then here's the kicker, because it's a temporary transplant. So now they take the uterus out, because they don't want the mother, they don't want the body to go through any potential rejection, which might then you know, kill the mother. So it's wow. a temper right.
1: See, Julie? See? I've been glad, so you, read the, I'm glad you read it. I'm glad you read it. I couldn't read it. I don't know why. I just I I just couldn't read that. So that's that's amazing. But the body doesn't reject it during the nine months of uh, gestation of the baby. I guess
2: not. Yeah. I mean, now some, it's not, it hasn't been 100% foolproof. They're doing this test and it's very expensive and all the money's paid for by the research and, and things like that. So, um, so some women have not been able to conceive or the uterus has been rejected. So, you know, that's uh, in, in, in one case. I think that was the case of their small study, but that's the deal. I mean, that is really something, isn't it?
0: That is amazing. So, amazing.
2: yeah. So, um, anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a very risky surgery. It's It's, inter, it's fascinating what medical science can do. You know, it's very expensive. So it's probably and not how some... great
1: for that family, you know, that obviously wanted to have a child and that, that they, this is now a whole new frontier for them. So yeah, that's, that's, that's
2: what the doctors who delivered the baby said. They said every birth is special, but this was a little special. Cause you know, when you're born without a uterus, like you just, that's not something you think, well, I'm ever going to be able to give birth. So right. it's an opportunity for that. So there you go. That's, that's the inside scoop on that, Julie. So, that's a
1: very wonderful story, Liam. Thank okay. you for sharing it. <laughs> okay.
2: You're welcome. <laughs>
1: All right, we're going to take a break. We're the
2: Satellite Sisters. And when we return, we have the International News Roundup. Stay with us.
0: Okay, and we are back for this week's International News Roundup. Julie Dolan, I know you scour the headlines for stories, yeah. but is there a glimmer
1: of any good news out there in the rest of the world? Can you- <laughs> it's been rough. It's rough it's all glimmer, around. Glimmer. Okay yeah you may be having a glimmer coming over the United the continental United States. I mean we have to start by talking about North Korea. And quite frankly it's all bad news coming out of North Korea. Now that all of our nuclear experts believe that the DPRK is capable of launching a nuclear capable intercontinental ballistic mi- missile as early as next year and this really alters their forecast according to the uh, Washington Post that, that we thought they were about two years away two years away now not so much now we think that this is pretty soon and they and this most recent test that they had last week, Uh, it's now clear that they can hit uh, the mainland, the U.S. mainland. So we're all in the same boat where Mm -hmm. I used to just worry about the California satellite sisters. uh, But now we all have to worry because they can go anywhere. And as you know, I went to North Korea and I was thinking about this and thinking we we do have a U.N. uh, envoy is arriving today in Pyongyang and it happens to be an American um, envoy for the United Nations that's over there for four days of talk. We don't know if it's going to, you know, amount to anything. But one of the things when you go to North Korea, and I've talked about it so much, is you're just so overwhelmed with all the rhetoric and the propaganda. And just they're just everywhere you go, they talk about deterring and repelling, you know, the imperialists, you know, in South Korea and Japan and the United States. They're just in total war mode all the time. It's their only plan. It's not like here in the U.S. where, you know, we have plan A, which is world peace, and then Mm. plan B, if that doesn't work out, then we're, you know, we're always trying to look at different options. But when you're in North Korea, you have this sense that they only have one plan, plan A, which is this... You know they want to be a nuclear power and they want to use that nuclear weapon to destroy what they see as their imperialist enemies that are threatening their country. So it's just really bad news. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Okay. Hey, well, also last week, spectacular. I mean, I that's I don't know. That's the only word I can think to use is the Bosnian Croat war criminal
2: who died. Oh my gosh, that was unbelievable. I mean, that was unbelievable.
1: OK, so here's the story. He's a Bosnian Croat war criminal. He was at the court in The Hague and he was up. He was appealing his 20 year sentence and he stood up after they said, no, you still have to be in jail. And he took a vial of poison out of his pocket and he drank it right there in the court saying this is poison. I have taken poison and he died. Okay? <laughs> I know. It was like something out of a Bond
0: movie or something, you know, like you would see that. It just seems like that would never happen in real life.
1: Okay, so his name is Slobodan Praljak, and he was given year jail term uh, for Bosnian war crimes. He was a general during the war and he was in command and there, you know, he was convicted of crimes where he allowed his soldiers to round up Muslims, uh, you know, and to kill and torture Muslims. So, and to destroy mosques and to destroy um, whole communities and towns. So that's what he's in prison for. But he was in a prison that they referred to as the Hague Hilton, And somehow where it's pretty so it's a pretty fancy prison um, and he had a lot of free time in the prison, like he could go outside and exercise and do various things. So he got somehow got a vial of potassium cyanide. That's what they uh, now believe um, was the poison that he used, because I was very interested to see if it was polonium 210, which is the poison of choice in Russia. But no, it was just potassium cyanide that he used very effective. It worked, you know, and he was able to smuggle that into the courtroom because even though they was going through a metal detector, they weren't looking for the vial of poison. That's the part it,
0: that surprised me that he could be in jail
1: and get poison.
0: And then he could also get it into a courtroom.
1: Right, right. So he obviously, you know, through a guard, through another prisoner somehow, you know, was able to uh, uh, get that. There's a full investigation going on. They don't know the answer to that yet. But if it, it is very dramatic. It, it was dramatic.
2: Work. I mean, if you had put that in a screenplay, someone would have given you notes like, I don't know, that doesn't really happen in real life. So, well, now it does. See,
0: I think we can say that across the board in the world now. Everything <laughs> does happen in real life. All the <laughs> yes. things that you That's just true. Would never believe happen in real life, it's all happening. That's and it, I feel that's like
1: it. it's we're in such the international news stories are in hyperspeed so yep. that something like this, like this dramatic suicide at the Hague using poison would have been something that we, we would have occupied our attention for, you know, weeks. But we, mm-hmm. we we've moved on. OK, yep. it's <laughs> just a tweet now. It's a tweet and we move on. <laughs> So here's one that uh, we really should not just tweet and move on that uh, now a top United Nations uh, human rights expert, uh, believes that, you know, that um, Myanmar, the country of Myanmar, is guilty of genocide against the Rohingya Muslim minority. Now, this is something we haven't talked about on Satellite Sisters, but for a long time, you know, we have been big fans of Aung San Suu Kyi, the Nobel Prize winner, who, you know, was held in captivity. That was she was the democratic leader that was held by the military junta. But um, the country of Myanmar has has always had this Muslim minority up in the Northwest, and that they have sort of, uh, now the UN is calling it ethnic cleansing, that they have systematically killed families and children and destroyed houses and schools and markets and mosques, and over 600,000 of the Rohingya Muslim minorities have fled to Bangladesh. I've had an opportunity to travel to Bangladesh and this is a country that is not equipped to take in 600,000 refugees you know it just i i mean so this is this is something that we all everyone in the world needs to pay more attention to because yeah, it is such know, a terrible yeah. situation
0: and i know the pope was there this yeah. week, right, on, on both the- sides And once he was in Bangladesh, said something about the people are some of the people are now going to be allowed to return. But then when you heard the details of the circumstances under which they would be allowed to return, they they all had to have all of this documentation of citizenship that they never had to begin with because they were never considered legal citizens
1: of Myanmar. So they're still just stuck. Yeah. So, uh so, it's a terrible situation. The world does need to focus on it. We do need to, uh, to provide aid uh, to this. It's interesting that a number of universities, at least in Great Britain, are rescinding their honorary degrees that they gave to Aung San Suu Kyi. Because, yeah, I mean, she's a Nobel Peace Prize winner. So, let's, yes. I mean, it,
2: it, it wasn't like we were just fans. So, you were, you know, I mean, I think she. Now she's just proven to be a politician. It's just right. it's it's shocking. It's shocking and yeah. heartbreaking.
1: It's so um you know of course it's a complicated story, you know, and it's you know, but but it is without a doubt that it is a human rights disaster. So that people do need to take responsibility for this and that and they do need to to help the poor refugees. And the country of Bangladesh is just not equipped to do that. So Okay, on to Russia, because today is a big day. Maybe even as we're speaking, the IOC is going to make a decision about whether Russia is going to be able to participate in the 2018 Winter Olympics. Yeah. You know, there's a big thing where, because of this st- really state sponsored, it was a well organized doping operation that they had going at the Winter Olympics in Sochi. Um, uh, but now it's a question of whether or not they're going to be able to participate in the Games in South Korea. Korea. Uh, so I don't know, sisters, which way do you think this is going to go? Liz, you have some experience, you know, when from your days with Nike and the IOC, what do you think they're going to do?
0: Well, I don't want to cast aspersions on the IOC, except they have been known to be swayed by uh, a corruption of all kinds in the past. <laughs> so like, I would be I would be really surprised If they outright ban them, but they certainly have all of the evidence to do that. So, like, I will still be surprised, though,
1: because they tend to soft pedal things like that.
2: Right. 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 What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's hard to believe that they're going to not have Russia. There's so much pressure to have Russia participate, particularly in the Winter uh, Olympics, because they have so many outstanding athletes. And I don't know what's going to happen to my favorite event, the biathlon, which is dominated by Russians. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> there's no Russians. It's a chance for Americans. I see. So it uh, is
2: really a chance for it's a chance for the IOC though to take a strong stand. I mean, what yes. the Russians did was it was beyond like one bad doctor and a couple of athletes i mean it was a highly coordinated state sponsored effort so right. i
1: mean they had they had the whole clinic they had the secret door yeah. behind the table in the clinic which we've talked about on our show but you hate to have innocent athletes who have trained their whole lives to participate in the Olympics, get caught up in this. but I know,
0: that's, not, that's always too bad.
1: Da, and bad. that's where
2: I think the athletes who were on the IOC, the former Olympic athletes, will have sympathy for the current athletes, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. their fault that the state did this. So,
0: yeah. Julie, when you were living in Russia, did you try any biathloning? I know you did your, like... Alpine walking. I thought you were going to
2: ask her if she tried any doping. Did you try blood
1: (laughs) doping? Doping. I didn't try either of those two things. No, I don't know how to shoot a gun. No, I don't. But I do know how to cross country ski, but I couldn't do the second part of that event, Liz. But I I can work on it. So there's still time. And as for the doping, it may be too late for me. I don't think it would have any impact. Okay. Other big story coming out of uh, Russia is the news or the claim that the Putin uh, 2018 calendar is selling like hotcakes. I don't know if you've seen this. It's a limited edition calendar, and it has, of course, you know, topless photos of Vladimir Putin with the leopard, all action photos of Putin, judo Putin, and uh, the Russian government. Through the Russian news news agencies, had put out um, a number of reports that the Putin calendar, particularly in the West, like in Great Britain, was selling like hotcakes, and that it was sold out in many stores in a few hours. Well. Mm-hmm. And that uh, the uh, pro-Kremlin news organization that my son used to work for, Ria Novosti, they are, um, that is uh, very, you know, they put out fake news every week. They said that this calendar has caused great excitement among local residents. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think this is the case. uh, And uh, that apparently in Great Britain, this calendar cannot be found. So um, there may be chances to get a Putin calendar if you want one for 2018, but <laughs> they're available on Amazon. If you look up, uh, you can get. Well, that.
0: I'll tell you. Last week, uh, our our friend and former executive producer Corney Cole sent me a 2018 calendar that is the Justin Trudeau
2: calendar. Oh, well, that I can <laughs> see selling out. Well, I can see
0: that. that might be selling like hotcakes <laughs> more than Vladimir Putin. I recommend. Justin Trudeau.
1: (laughs) Okay. That sounds pretty good. Okay. Well, I want to end on a happy note. And this, this is really exciting. Uh, Taiwan, record-breaking rainbow. Uh, It happened this past week. There was a rainbow in Taipei, Taiwan that lasted for eight hours and 58 minutes. Okay. That is a long time for a rainbow. The previous record, uh, uh, Guinness record is six hours. So this was, uh, but there's, the conditions were just right, that there was a seasonal northeast monsoon, this trapped the moisture in the air, it formed clouds, this is a coming of winter, the sunlight was just right. And at one point it was a double rainbow, but it was a solid eight hours and 58 minutes. Wow. Uh, the, the universe. Yes, that's a long time for a rainbow. Yeah. You think about it. I know. I know. So tantric there were, rainbow there. What the? So there, there were all kinds of <laughs> meteorologists out there. You know, they were taking pictures. They were hoping they could make it for, for the records. So they're going to submit this to Guinness. Uh, so hats off to Taiwan. Eight hour rainbows. We need more of those.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And It is amazing that we have gotten to the point with like news headlines where we have to go that far afield to get a piece (laughs) of positive news. But thank you, Julie, for going that far
1: afield. Think about it. It's going to make your make your whole day happy to think about an eight hour rainbow. Yeah. Breaking,
0: Breaking rainbow news. Okay. Other new things that are going to make your whole day happy for between now and the end of the calendar year, there are a couple of new movies coming out that I, for one, cannot wait. And I think we're ending ending the year movie-wise uh, on a very positive note. The first one is Steven Spielberg's movie The Post, uh, which is the story of Catherine Graham, uh, who owned the Washington Washington Post, and remember, sisters, we read her book, personal history. Right. And we talked about that on Satellite Sisters as one of our uh, a book club picks. It's an amazing book, and she was an amazing woman. What's interesting to me is that Spielberg directed the movie, but it's entirely like produced by women. Uh, the first-time screenwriter is Liz Hanna. She's 31 years old. Uh, one of the main producers is the woman who used to run Sony. Amy Pascal, remember oh, her? yeah. She yeah. She got during the Sony hack. Well, she's a producer on this movie. Uh, Meryl Streep, of course, is uh, one of the stars. And there's another longtime producer who's worked with Steven Spielberg uh, named Christy Krieger. And so these are all the women that are behind the scenes of this movie. And it sounds like it's going to be like dramatic and thoughtful. And one of the things there was a story in the current issue of the Hollywood Reporter about it, an interview with a lot of these women and Steven Spielberg. And uh, Amy Pascal said something that was really interesting and that really came across in the book, too. She said the amazing thing about Catherine, Catherine Graham is that she stayed insecure forever. It's like real life. You have your demons, you have them till you die, yet you do brave things with all of your insecurity and all of your shame. Don't you think that's, I think wow. that's so true. If yeah. you read that book, she always felt like she right. was not good enough. Remember she took over the Washington Post when her husband, the genius husband, committed
2: super- to La La Land uh Open long team. long okay. program remember yeah, we so just if
1: the Russian skaters aren't in yeah that is a big that opens up a big lane for Ashley well she's okay. got to
2: make the U.S. team and she you know had the injury and everything and I then know, she brought back an old program and when we spoke to her at that event Liz didn't we shake yeah. our heads afterwards and say the judges don't like that they don't like when you right. bring so she's moving ahead with the La La Land program Liz you'll be glad to know uh but
0: she told us remember she told us she just did not feel that musically and she said that to your face when you were grilling her
2: right and and uh, but i guess she feels it now because yeah. johnny and tara were very critical of her bringing back a, an old program as i knew they would be so yeah. uh there you go okay, okay. Right. uh a couple of movie recommendations uh, have you guys all seen Lady Bird?
0: Oh, my God. I loved that movie. I
1: loved it. I cried. I just, it was so dear. Hey, and my husband loved it, too. Trem loved it. I I laughed. I cried.
2: Yeah, I I snuck out yesterday afternoon and went to see it because my, you know, 20-year-old son texted me like, Mom, have you seen Lady Bird? It's the best. I know you told me to go, and I laughed at you, but it's a great movie. So... That's good. <laughs> and and uh, and then uh, so it's written and directed by Greta Gerwig, and I'm a fan of her. She's kind of an indie darling, so if you like the movie, you should look up "Mistress America," as another charming movie she was in. But, and this and it stars uh sorcery how do you say her name i don't, ronan? I don't
1: know i don't know Cerca. she's
2: got to get a sursa sursa i know sursa ronan first. Yeah. who's wonderful you know just great acting all the way through it's just a small coming-of-age movie but it really is you laugh you cry it's like heartbreaking in yeah. places and the mother-daughter relationship I mean that was unbelievable, wasn't that it? Was yes, I mean, and that's the Lori whole,
0: that Pat plays the mother, she is fantastic. She's Lori. I like she's, yeah. is great.
2: The whole family's and, great. All the casting's great.
1: Yeah. And, so, and can I say that also I mean Leon, you by the time, because 'cause you're number eight, uh you were the fifth youngest um sister, you didn't get to go to Catholic high school because <laughs> your two older sisters, uh, Sheila and Monica ruined it for yes. you, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Liz, I but think it was Liz, a little more complicated than that, but you're
1: right. Liam did not have the Catholic school experience
0: that you and I had, Julie. Yes,
1: we went to Catholic high school, and what I, I liked about this movie is that, you know, it's easy to make fun of a Catholic high school education, blah, 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 or to make fun of nuns, and this movie didn't do that. Right. This movie, this movie sort of presented uh, the nuns as sort of very wise and kind uh, and smart people, you know, smart people. So I, I like that about the movie, too. Yeah, so my son, who also went to Catholic school, he he said, Mom, you were right. You told
2: me it'd be a lot of good material in Catholic school. And clearly there is. So, <laughs> So Anyway, so I, I just want to recommend that. I know it's gotten a lot of press, but um, it, it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And then I also want to recommend a series that is on Amazon that a friend of mine worked on. And so I met with the executive producer a couple of weeks ago. And it's a series, uh, you know, for women like me, for women like us. It's called The Other F Word. And that's the TV series. It's up on Amazon. It's two seasons. And it sort of tracks it tracks two sisters who are going through the empty nest. Uh, their kids go off to college. One of their husbands kind of freaks out and joins the Peace Corps. So the mom gets sort of a gap year. And so it, it's funny and it's fresh. And the whole, it stars Judy Gold, the comedian. And the whole um, series is really like driven by women, written by women, produced by women. They got it up and going on Amazon. They self-financed and everything. Now, it's definitely um, adult material. So I just want you to know that, Uh, you know, but uh, it's it's an R-rated. It's an R-rated TV series, but it's very funny and very charming. And I think you'll see a lot of people you recognize. So it's called The Other F Word, and you can find it at Amazon. But I'll also put a link to it at the Satellite Sisters group page. It'd be, you know, fun thing to go through. The episodes are short. They're like 15, 17 minutes a piece so uh that sounds fun yeah totally self-produced and self-done and it looks it looks great so i just wanted to recommend that too
0: okay all right now we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a break and then when we come back people are really waiting for the royal report julie yes then the deets on our new book club you're not going to believe who we have booked for january and february and then some of the wonderful things you've been writing in our facebook group so we'll be right back
2: for always supporting the Satellite Sister podcast. And we're back. So, yes. Julie, wow,
0: we, it's, I can't believe it's, you know, we have to wait until June for the actual wedding, but I, I have total confidence you're going to keep us abreast of everything we need to know.
1: Yes, we've now we're now at Satellite Sisters. We're going to refer to this as the Royal Report, An American in the House. Of Windsor, <laughs> that is. That's a big thank, thank you to Leon. She Nothing. helped me with that title. I'm giving her full credit. And this was America's first week being officially engaged to a prince, right? <laughs> because we're all in this together, okay? Right? And you know, there was there was just uh, you know, we she had um, uh, Meghan Markle had her first official engagement, and she did she did a blockbuster job. I, you can see right off she is a natural. You know, she is going to be a star. People are going to love her. She is going to be the world ambassador that we need. And uh, I hope she brings us world peace because we need that too. Uh, But, you know, this is the time when they decided that they would just, the press, you know, the Fleet Street press and everybody else would do an entire media dump on every picture ever taken of Meghan Markle, everything ever said about her, every embarrassing thing she ever did in high school, what her whole family looks like. And, you know, here's the thing it's not going to work to dredge up everything on uh, Meghan Markle and that somehow that's going to cower her into some subservient position. Yeah. All right? It's not because she has an indomitable spirit, okay? And as I think it's <laughs> like to remind Britain, the last time they took on America, it didn't really work out so well for you, right? <laughs> you know? And okay, I just I'm feel that I, you know, somehow I honestly feel like she is going to be immune to the normal, you know, the normal routine was let's find something scandalous in her background. Let's find some totally embarrassing picture of her or her mother or her father or some step sister or brother. And that is going to, you know, that's going to set her straight, you know? No, that's not going to happen this time. I, I, because America is not going to let that happen, right, sisters? We're gonna no. You're I just great. feel we're like we're just gonna I, do what you tell us to do, Julie. Yes, I think right. this is sort of a post. I don't know. It's sort of a, we're post a period. I don't even know what the word is for it yet. Um, but but she is just not going to be the subservient thing now. They they said she was supposed to. She has to really work on four things like not striding out in front of her husband, that that's some breach of royal protocol. Well, forget that. Okay, right? Right. And they said that her wave was too enthusiastic. Right, because she's American. (laughs) She's not some stuffy Brit, okay? (laughs) And they said she has to give up the ripped jeans and that she has to learn to start crossing her legs. So... I don't know about those two, but I think she can wave any old way she wants and she can walk any place she wants, okay? You know what else I'm not going to stand for,
2: Julie? I'm not going to stand for a Megan versus Kate storyline. It's done. No. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Right. Nope. There's no, they don't have to be best friends. They're not frenemies. They're not, just stop it. I'm not reading any of those. I'm not clicking through.
1: So (laughs) it's going to be sort of this bubble we're going to put her in, this sort of post-media bubble that we're not going to let her... You know, get that to use all the old tactics that they have always used to bring down everyone in the royal family and every other media star. Let's let's just not do that, okay? I agree with you, Leon, and that we're it's a little protective thing. Then now, now Prince Harry, okay? <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying we extend to that, but I mean for Meghan as our American representative in this royal marriage, you know, that's what we're going to do. Okay. Is that okay. that's, so, that the real okay. okay. So there's less details. It's more a point of view. So okay, some I got of it. the some of the details we don't have to respond to everything, Liz. That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, I agree. Don't have to respond to whether or not the father is going to be able to walk down the aisle. You know, because he's kind of a crazy man. On you know, in Mexico. No, we're not going to go there. Okay. <laughs> well, I am enjoying in the
0: Satellite Sisters Facebook group. All, everybody's theories about how many degrees of separation they have from the wedding. For instance, Leon, you posted a note that Megan was the homecoming queen at your son's high school.
2: Yeah, the prom queen. The prom queen list. And the so, prom queen. Yes, oh, yeah. yeah. So they, my sons went to the sister school. I mean, obviously, my sons are younger than Megan. But, yep, in 1999, she was the prom queen at my son's high school. So I'm expecting an invitation. <laughs> I,
0: just... I, have a, I have a theory, even here in my wildly dysfunctional building, somebody recently changed the name of their Wi-Fi network to Windsor Castle sisters which is so very I'm funny that's very funny her mother must live in my building <laughs> she or it must be using uh, the, my building as a base of operations for for wedding planning and so i'm hopeful that i will get invited because of that <laughs> so how about that that would that would be good
1: uh, you have to keep us posted on that so uh, so i will be bringing you updates about the the event and all of that but we're not going to be responding to all okay. the salacious stories out there yeah
0: okay so, um, well, it's very timely because for the Satellite Sisters book club that starts in January, you know, drumroll please, it's back. This is our book club where we, we cover biographies, autobiographies, and memoirs by and about women. And um, our first pick, which she's going to be able to give us so much dish on the royal wedding too, sisters, uh, in January... Tina Brown will be joining us on Satellite Sisters to talk about her new book, The Vanity Fair Diaries. Yay! Yay! This is amazing. We've already gotten the book. We're already reading it. So, you know, she moved to New York when she was a very young woman in 1983. And so these are her diaries about, you know, the eight spectacular years as editor in chief of Vanity Fair. So it's a real snapshot of the eighties and New York and Hollywood. But we've had Tina Brown on Satellite Sisters before and she is just super fun to talk to. So I figure we can do we can talk to her about the book and then we can shift gears and get some wedding previews, don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
1: so, her you know, her, inter- her, know.
2: her book on Diana sold a half a million copies.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that was a- one of the be- that was the one of the best books I've ever read. And when we had her on the show, that was one of the best interviews we you know, we've yeah. ever done. Yeah. I mean, she's just so interesting and fun to talk to. So I can't wait ra- wait to read this book and I, I can't wait to have her on the show.
0: Yeah. So we don't have the exact date yet. We'll tell you what the date is. But the Vanity Fair Diaries by Tina Brown. That's our January pick. By the way, I follow Tina on Twitter. And this morning, here's what she tweeted. Hooray that C. Amanpour, you know how much I love Christian Amanpour. Hooray that C. Amanpour is getting the Charlie Rose slot. Women scaling the battlements everywhere. Liberté, égalité, sororité. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we love Tina Brown. Okay, but then February, we're wildly shifting gears, but a story that is just as close to our hearts. This one... Leanne, do you want to talk about Prairie Fires?
2: Sure. This is the story, a biography of Laura Ingalls Wilder and a really well-researched um, biography by Caroline Fraser. So she's very familiar with the work of Laura Ingalls Wilder and she's very familiar with the life of Laura Ingalls Wilder. It was named one of the New York Times top 10 biographies, uh, nonfiction books of the year. So really happy to have Caroline Frazier coming on the show in February. And I know that we have a lot of Laura Ingalls Wilder fans amongst the Satellite Sisterhood those of you that live in Laura Inglesweiler territory have to represent here but I am very excited to read this I have the book I haven't cracked it yet but the reviews were spectacular and I'm just looking forward to it yeah it's great okay. it's a really fascinating story of you know she didn't start writing until she was pretty old like in her 50s Laura Ingleswilder. Wilder oh, really? so That's yeah fire yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, So
0: apparently Caroline Frazier has all of these unpublished manuscripts. She's got letters. She's got diaries. You know, she's really been working on Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know, as a publisher for a long time. Yes. So so that will really be amazing.
2: So that's it. We have Tina Brown and Half (laughs) Pipe. Half Pipe? Half Pipe. I was about to say Half Pipe. But I was like, that's the Olympics. Half Half Pipe. It's it's really the full range of women's lives there
0: in just two months. Two books, two months. Uh we will post all of the info at SatelliteSisters.com. But read and along with of, us.
2: Read along with us. That's why we're telling you now. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The holiday season is a perfect time to get started on one or both of these books. Uh okay, a couple of snapshots snapshots from the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Just two things I want to shout out. And Posted something that said 20 things that women should stop wearing after 30. And I thought, okay, here we go. Jeggings, uh, headbands, whatever. And then it says one through 20, the weight of other people's expectations and judgments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was good.
1: That, okay. that sets you straight. You know, you need it, to read something like that. And yes, and just. Yeah. Totally
0: true, Anne. Particularly I,
1: this time of year, it's easy to get off course, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. yeah. And I think the number one best
0: thing about getting older is that you do start to slip the bonds of some of that stuff. And that hopefully that gets easier as you get older. So thank you, Anne, for that reminder. And then at the other end of the spectrum, Kathy wrote this. She posted a question on a lighter note to everything in the news lately Any good ideas for a $20 white elephant gift for the office holiday party? (laughs) Okay, people went crazy on this list. And so go read the list. Click on everything because people have some really good suggestions. Samantha said she always does the as seen on TV stuff because they're really kind of ridiculous, but you also kind of want it. Mary said Chia Pets. Always appropriate for a white elephant gift. But Karen's answer was my favorite because this is really hard to imagine. But I would have loved to have been there when Karen said, Karen said, I once brought live lobsters. (laughs) 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 I was so proud of my gift, it was a hit. So I was just trying to imagine, Karen, how you wrapped a live lobster. (laughs) Is that a Ziploc
1: bag with a bowl? I, I was know.
0: thinking, you know, in the video, Leon and I did about how to wrap your holiday gifts. Leon did, you did a lot of really clever things with <laughs> dish towels. So I was thinking, a live lobster <laughs> in a dish towel would probably be a good way to go. Uh,
1: that's a funny be a big surprise when you yeah. take it out of the bag. Oh gosh.
2: That is funny. That's funny. very
0: fun. Anyway, lots more good stuff there. You can always uh, you can join the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, and then you get to put whatever you want you want to put there. So there you have it. the the roundup from the Facebook group.
2: All right. That is the show for today. You know, we would like to thank our sponsors for today's show. Uh, We would like to thank Away. We'd like to thank Harry's. We'd like to thank uh, StoryWorth and we'd like to thank um, Motive. Motive. Yes. (laughs) Fitness Tracker.
0: the the official fitness tracker of operation sea turtle okay all
2: right for the discount code you can always go uh straight to our website liz is very good about putting those up there aren't you liz you do a good job but
0: yeah i try try to do that they're they don't allow you to post it everywhere so right yeah
2: we can't yeah so uh but again thanks away harry's motive and story worth all right sisters you have any plans for this week What's happening? Yes,
0: I have a super interesting thing I'm going to tonight, Leon. the At the Paley Center for Media here in Beverly Hills, um, the Times Talks, you know, New York Times journalists sometimes do the panel discussions on issues that they're working on, but they're normally in New York. But tonight this is in L.A., and it's a Times Talk Called Uncovering Sexual Harassment. And it's a conversation with Ashley Judd, who you know figured very prominently in the Harvey Weinstein story, and the New York Times journalists who have done all of the fantastic reporting this year, whether it was Bill O'Reilly, Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, all of it. So Jody Cantor, Megan Tui, and Emily Steele are the three journalists who have broken so much news. Um, this year on that issue, so I'm going to this panel tonight, and I'm kind of interested to hear what they think is going to happen next. Why no, don't you bring
2: well, a big bag of sex toys? Just bring a big bag. <laughs> <laughs> bring a big bag.
1: I, I can't compete with that, Lynn. So <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Well, I'm going
2: to dance class, and you know we're learning for our showcase in March. We are oh, so we're learning all that jazz. We're doing oh, Bob Fosse, Fosse, hi. Fosse, 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 yeah.
1: Fosse, Fosse, just hands, just hands. You're a natural, Ian. You're a Fosse natural.
2: You know, it's not fast, but it's refined, you know. It oh. comes down to some technique, which I may or may not be lacking. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to see. there's only one way to find out (laughs) gotta keep dancing Liz gotta keep dancing all right thanks everybody and don't forget call your satellite sisters